from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to your Friday edition of Locked On Chiefs. As they are in the building, we are at the microphones trying to give you our insight about what's going on, where, and how we're going to get there. There's a lot to go over as we're starting to get a little bit of information as the Chiefs offseason routine has begun. The players are in camp. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host at RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And thank you for all the new iTunes reviews we've been getting. Thank you uh, for listening. And uh, we do appreciate that as well. And there are also new ways to listen outside of Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to us on Apple, thank you for that. But uh, go check us out on Stitcher and you know a couple other places as well. We're out there wherever you can find podcasts. Yeah, for those of you who are on Apple, I'm glad you're here because we've had a lot of trouble with the since Apple refreshed their system. So uh, if not, or if you want to subscribe on another platform, hit Spotify, hit Amazon. Um, Stitcher's also another one. Like, there's plenty of them. You can get us everywhere, and we appreciate it. And if you're going to leave that rating, go ahead and drop us a review. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us hear, you know, if, if you have an aspect of the team that we, you don't feel we cover enough. Hit us with that as well. Write out those iTunes reviews. We appreciate it. I really appreciate this part of the season because this is kind of right in my wheelhouse. Every year when I was coaching, at least with organized teams, this is when you first get your hands on players, on new players, and honestly, on some transformed players. And so for the training staff, for the strength and conditioning staff, the human performance staff. The- yeah, this is when Ryan really nerds out into things. Uh, so... You know, I'll let him have his fun. I will say that this is a fun time, though, because you get to, to see uh, how they're kind of, you know, what they look like uh, in their uniforms. At least they're, you know, going to be in just short, you know, jerseys and shorts. And you're not going to get a lot from it other than, you know, who's doing what. And, and maybe you're going to have a catch or two that is going to, uh, you know, maybe impress some people. But this is the the time of year where you're kind of getting a feel for who could end up where. Uh, and where the team really thinks that they are right now compared to where you think that they could be, or sorry, not you, but just in general, where we think that they could be, you know, is, is somebody running with the first team or does the first team really matter? You know, is Tyreek Hill going through drills first as opposed to other wide receivers? Is it just, you know, how are they doing those? And, and you can see some of those types of things right now. And it really gets more important when you start talking about the offensive line with as many different people as they've got going through in that regard. Yeah, it's trippy to see Orlando Brown and Kyle Long working out together. Um, It's just a little bit out there. You know, it's interesting to me when I look at the program that they're they're doing. Things do look a little bit different this particular season. There's a lot of planking, it looks like. Looks like they're doing a lot of isometric and a lot of things that are really functional base stabilizing type routines so that they can then build strength on top of that. I got to think that that's because of the prolonged absence outside of the program, um, not just for the rookie class, but even for the veterans that are training at home and not uh, in the building. And that goes all the way back to, to last off season. So um, I like that they're taking, it appears they're taking the perspective is we're going to get back to basics. We're going to build everybody back up from the bottom uh, as though 2020 didn't happen. And move forward from um, a bodybuilding, not just a, a team building perspective, so that you don't get soft tissue injuries, you don't get things that are out of whack due to uh, you know unsupervised training, bad technique, et cetera, et cetera. Right, and I mean you're going to have a lot of issues with different things this year. That uh, you know all the new rookies coming in, they're not going to ha- know how to keep their bodies in the best of shape. At least when you're talking about pro level shape, 
because that is a different thing than the college game. Uh, and you're, you have a lot more games when you're talking the rookie class versus what they're used to when they played in college. So that's going to also uh, play a factor. And then you start looking at just, you know, being able to stay healthy overall in general. I think that's one thing that really hurt Kansas City late in the season last year was injuries. Obviously, their offensive line was decimated. Uh, and maybe that's part of the reason that they're looking the way they are right now. Yeah, and, and they should be. That's That's got to be the core. And core is an important thing when you're talking about anchor, when you're talking about how they deliver blows along the offensive line. So to get these basic things in now, I like the way that it's structured. And I think what we'll do is I, I want to get into a couple of things that stand out from what we've seen to this point. Uh, one in particular, because I think it means something on the field. We'll do that right after this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And bet online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, real quick, I don't want to sidetrack what we're talking about here today, but uh, one thing that stood out to me when I look at the um, the pictures that are available of what the, the OTAs have been to this point is that Chris Jones looks even more trim than he did last season. And I do think that that is part and parcel with trying to get him more reps at end so that you can get some pressure crushing on the outside of the pocket from the left-hand side of the defense. Yeah, and if he was told by the team that that is exactly what they wanted him to do, then great. I think that could be a great sign for this uh, organization because that is going to be a concern or that has been a concern going forward is having that D end on the other side of Frank Clark. The question is, is, can he hold up for a season at a lower rate? I do think that he'll be fine. Uh, but the other question I, I would have in that regard is, is he going to keep on enough weight to be able to still crash down at times and be the defensive tackle and the dominant player that he was? I would hope that they wouldn't have him go too too thin, I guess, is really where I'm going with that. Uh, I know power has a lot to do with the defensive tackle technique and whatnot, but uh, that's definitely something that they're going to be looking at. And Jerron Reed gives them the ability to not have to worry about it as much. Yeah, uh, agreed. You can still get to that point where if you do feel it is a little bit light. And here's the problem is once you start the season, you're not going to be gaining weight. It's it's going to be work to make sure that you don't go through attrition and get smaller as the season goes on. So if you find that, yeah, it came in a little bit too light, not able to get that girth, right? So then you have Reed, Naughty, and then, Obviously, Turk Wharton's in there, and Colin Saunders is in there too, as well. So at least there's enough of an interior rotation that if that's the way it's up, then you can feel a little bit more confident about about playing him and end a lot more. I would see rotation there, certainly on passing downs with Mike Dana. Um, and then obviously all the guys that we have in rotation uh, that we've talked about quite a bit being guys that can fill in specific duties at the end spot. Yeah, I could see that. I guess my question in that regard is, though, if you deal with any injuries at that defensive tackle spot, that really is going to make you very thin if if you deal with more than one. Yeah, I and mean, that's fair. There's so. something to be said for, you know, playing a little bit lighter, though, because you can still, um, you know, try to jump gaps, try to do a little bit more. It's going to hurt in the run game, but we've talked about that pretty, pretty tightly. There's a couple of other things going on with where they are now, and it's, again, this, like, precursor to actual OTAs. Anything that stands out to you? 
You know, I think it's fun to start talking about what the players do in their off time and, and what they uh, take advantage of their time. Uh, and it looks like McCall Hardman took a challenge from Henry Ruggs <laughs> uh, and raced him the other day. <laughs> I have to imagine that that was pretty entertaining. Um, I haven't seen that, but uh, tell me what happened. So it looks like McCall Hardman's actually gotten faster. He ran a 4.2240. Beat Ruggs by four hundredths of a second. Oh, wow. Um, so, my question is, who, who's running that watch? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great question. Uh, you know, honestly, and there's a couple other wide receivers that were in this group that were doing the same thing. Uh, but to see that, I mean, McColl, that actually would mean that he was faster than when he came out of college. So, you know, we'll have to see how if that translates this year and that helps any at all for him. But it's interesting that they were able to get that done, and uh, hopefully they had fun yeah, doing it. Yeah, let's hope that, you know, there's no – Hamstring pulls when you do something like that. That's uh, to get four two two. You're running full speed. That's not like a hey. You you can go to ninety and pull it back. That's all out. So right. That makes me nervous to tell you the truth. <laughs> I get it. But at least it's early enough in. You know, we're not even in June yet. So a hamstring pull. You know, he'd be out a couple of weeks, and that would not be good. But at the same time, it's not something that would end the end the year for him. So. Well, I hope also that while you're doing that, the, the friendly competition that comes from something like that, that is, you know, off the books and during the offseason, uh, hopefully that rubs off in other places because there's no, it, it's not unusual for players to mature a little bit once they get in the league and get a little bit faster and get quite a bit stronger, to tell you the truth, as, as bodies mature from, you know, 21, 22 years old when you're drafted. But that's not what McCole Hardman needs. He's he's got plenty of speed. He has what he needs is the mental side of the game, the change direction, practicing how to stack and, and change routes so that he can get a little bit more open and be in a place that can, the quarterback can take advantage of it. Um, so hopefully, w- with a receiver well, like Ruggs, hopefully that competition comes in that. Yeah, and then you also have the the mental side of it that Hardman needs to be where he's supposed to be on at all times. Um, you know, he needs to be running the right routes. He needs to be not rounding out off his route tree at times, and needs to be running full speed uh, when he's on the field. So, you know, that's stuff that you're not going to work on when you're working on your speed. But it's something that he definitely needs to get better at. Yeah, for this next I would season. hope so. There's there's a lot to be done there. And when you see the players come back out, um, let's see who else. Uh, Darwin Thompson's pretty rocked up. Everybody likes to talk about Darwin. Darwin's got an uphill battle with three vets in front of him. We'll see what happens. But a little bit more body armor can't hurt. That's for certain. Unless it ends up slowing you down. So let's see how he moves when we see OTAs coming up Uh, next week. They're going to be on the field doing drills. So I, I think that will reveal a lot. Yeah, it could. And Darwin Thompson's always a guy that's been rocked up. So it's interesting to see if, you know, how that's going to affect this year. Uh, but you're right. He has an uphill battle making this roster right now. For me, I, I think carrying four isn't out of the question. But like we've talked about with the offensive line group and the wide receiver group and the cornerbacks that we talked about yesterday, like there's so many spots that need to be filled. And there are some guys that we haven't even talked about. And I'm sure they'll pop out next week. We'll save it for then. But Anybody else stand out to you with what they're doing in preparation? This phase two is the workouts before phase three, which is the actual OTAs on the field. Yeah, it looks like Travis Kelsey has also got himself involved with George Kittle and Greg Olson in doing a tight end university uh, in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. 
and I'm not sure exactly when that's going to take place, but that ought to be a very fun time. I would imagine with the two. Well, I don't know Greg Olson very well, but between George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, I can't imagine that they're not. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell me they were doing a comedy tour before camp or something. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I like Olsen, and I and I don't think he's, you know, obviously I don't, nobody's got the huge personalities of Kittle and Kelsey, but um, there's a TV show in the future there somewhere with that title. Um, but it, I like his his progress as a player. I like what his career stood for uh, in, in terms of seeing him battle through a lot as well. And so I think there's a lot to take away from that. It goes along with, you know, the offensive line masterminds that we've seen Mitch Schwartz participate in. Like, there's a lot of these position-specific things that are happening. Uh, and, and I love to see that. I love to see the players put it together together. Because at, at the end, you know, obviously Olsen's retired, but Kelsey and Kittle, they're competing for who's going to be the top-paid tight end in the league every other year or whatever the contract situation rolls around. Well, you have to wonder, you know, who's going to be there at that camp or at that university or whatever they want to call it, the mastermind. Uh, right now, you have to wonder if the Chiefs tight ends are going other than Kelsey. I would think that they would all be there, right? I mean, how much could you learn between all the people that are going to be there? Uh, and it l- sounds like a pretty good laundry list of people. Uh, even the new Pitts guy is going to be there. So Kyle Pitts will be there. Um, so. You know, somebody joked, are they going to invite Tim Tebow? I, I don't know. Just for giggles, because if you missed uh, my piece on Locked on NFL yet yesterday, people, um, that is one that just surprises me over and over and over and over. And uh, he needs as much help as he can get at that position. Well, but Jacksonville is already selling oh. his jersey. So just if you want a Tebow jersey, go go ahead and buy one. It's number 85. I really don't have anything to say to that. I got I got nothing. So coming back from this, we're going to dig a little deeper about where we are right now before they get ready for on-field OTAs next week. OTAs is going to be a big thing for this team, and I think that uh, you're going to start to see a lot of different I, – I don't want to say competition because you're not really going to be in pads. You're not going to really be able to have contact per se, but OTAs is going to give you an idea as to where they think that the different position groups are uh, in a lot of ways, because they're going to be running ones and twos and threes. And you'll get an idea as to who they think is going to be their starting offensive line. And what we haven't heard yet, and I'm really curious about, uh, I haven't seen anything about LDT. Is he even back in Kansas that's, City? Yet? That's funny, because I've been looking at what the Chiefs have put out, because they are the only um, you know visual elements that you can get at, at these practices right now. The beat reporters aren't allowed to take pictures, et cetera. Um, they're just there for warm-up, as I understand it. And I haven't seen him. Now, we know he he did the Instagram thing a few weeks ago, saying he, you know, he's switching over, getting ready. So I, I, maybe he's out there, and they're just not focused on him yet. Um, I, I am hopeful that by the time they get on the field, we'll have a rundown, every, everybody who is and isn't there. Matt Derrick will be back out there, as we understand it. So keep an eye out for that, you guys. Uh, he, Kyle Long, Andrew Wiley, those are the three right there about how they're moving, how they're progressing, and honestly, who they're lining up next to when they do take reps. That I think we just have to be focused on that. Yeah, and honestly, I I still think it's an extreme long shot, mm-hmm. but Trey Smith, too. What do they think he's going to be? I mean, honestly, it sound like it sounds like from everything I've read about Trey Smith and from what I saw from Chiefs PR, they think they got a steal of the draft in Trey Smith. 
if they truly feel that, is it possible that he makes an, a run at starting this year? I wouldn't think so, but I'm not going to put it out of the well, realm of possibility. Both either. the guys that we have slated in front of him and Long and LDT are guys coming off of a year off. They're 30. You know, Kyle's been injured a lot. I mean, th- these are still big, big question marks. So let, let's say the two veterans just don't have it and they, and they can't put it together on the field. What does that leave you? Leaves you Wiley against Trey Smith. Wiley. Uh, and I think that is something that, yep. no offense to Andrew Wiley, unless he's really stepped his game up this offseason, I, I think the rookie could come in and push him, especially um, as the season progresses, maybe not at the beginning. But I think that is something that could be on the table. It all comes down to what the two vets are able to do. Yep. And honestly, I mean, Wiley's a vet in, in a lot of ways at this point in his career as well. So, uh, you know, he's going to be in there. And, and, you know, is he going to be on this team this year? We don't know. But if he's on the team, it likely means that LDT or Long or one of them isn't on the team or they don't think that one of them is going to be good enough to yeah. keep Long Well, and, and that. And that's also season. something that you, we could see a trade happen because of the value that the backups on this roster have that a lot of teams would really be interested in because the offensive line play is declining across the league in general year after year as guys from college come out and are less and less prepared to play in this league. So that could lead to transactions, and there's still holes to fill here. Um, you could still add linebacker depth. You, I, I mean, they just signed another wide receiver last week, so. It feels like that's got to be pretty full up, but uh, there's DBs. No, they're not going to go trade so for Julio. Either. I wasn't going to say that out loud. But Sorry, Steph. <laughs> you know, but there's still a couple of things they could do. I'll say it out loud just because just because if I say it out loud and they go do it, everybody will love it. So it won't matter that I said it, that it will never happen. Okay, so, so what you're saying is I should be saying that they will do <clears> it so that I'm wrong again. Well, I mean, if you if you say they will do it, then yeah, you're guaranteeing he won't be Is here. Anyone so. wearing eleven currently? I mean, that's my only question. Oh yeah, there's Demarcus. Demarcus Robinson. Keep picking fourteen, seventeen. I can't keep up with Demarcus anyway. So, uh, that said, I guarantee you, if Julio ended up here, he would not. He yeah, I, I think wouldn't I be wearing eleven. That. I mean, that's like when you bring somebody in of that stature, and stature is important. Um. The debate around Tyreek Hill has been interesting. We don't have to dig into it, yep. but um, I'll just go on the record. Um, <clears throat> PFF has a tendency to like what they like about what they see and go hog wild with their prognostications. Um, until you tell <laughs> me that, that Jerry Rice and Randy Moss don't exist anymore, I, I don't know about being the top of anything at that position in history. No, and I get it, and I think that that's a very valid point. I think the one thing I will say when it comes to Hill is if he continues his career trajectory, he could be in that conversation at at some point, but he's got to continue his arc. And he's young enough now to where he he still could, but that's going to be the question is, is his size going to start being an issue in two or three years? I think he'll be fine for the next two or three seasons, and he may be fine Mm -hmm. for the next five or six. I'm not saying he's going to get hurt. I'm just saying you have to wonder with his size, is it going to catch up? Well, and you also have to consider that in terms of of getting to that point, like you said, so he could be in the conversation. He does have an advantage. 
Now, we expect for them to be um, a new contract, an extension here within the next year or so, um, probably prior to camp next year, right? But he has one thing going for him that could put him in that position, and that's why I bring it up, because Jerry had to go through the moving on of Joe Montana and the the shift to Steve Young. Randy had to go through multiple quarterbacks as well. Tyreek Hill is going to have Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, for the entirety of his stay in Kansas City however long he chooses to make that extension. That's a plus for him. Yep. Yep. And I think that's a great thing for him. So I I imagine that that extension will get done, and maybe that's something they're already starting to try to maybe work on or look at at least uh, at this point. You know, th- this is the time where they're going to be looking to see how they can move some money around and try to bring other guys in or sign the guys that they have to extensions to free up more cap space. So, it would not shock me if before training camp there are one or two or yeah. three deals done. I won't put anything past Brett Veach or, or anybody in that front office. Brant Tillis, <laughs> I'm talking about you. He does have his work cut out for him. You know, th- these deals are harder to make. Yes, he uh, does. Crunch here. You know, this is this is the bottom row of Tetris at this point to make it all kind of fit in together so that you're not contracting yourself out of options in the future. I think that's really what the bottom line is. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say really quick on Julio, uh, just because it's an issue, the Falcons aren't trading him before June 1st. So you still have two weeks before you're going to know that it's going to, it would probably happen if it happens in June. It could end up happening closer to I'm, training camp. I would think that they'd want to get it done as soon well, as possible. Well, that time after knows. OTA's end, so mid-June through July, is always a pretty quiet time. Could we see... Yep. Arguably the best receiver in the league and arguably the best quarterback in the league. The two guys who aren't currently Chiefs get traded both in that, you know, down window of inactivity that we usually see every year. Yeah, you're blas you're you're talking blasphemy when you're talking about the best Q. Well, hey, there were people That's who fine. say, hey, he was the MVP last year for a reason. Yeah. You said arguably, I guess. Yeah, you said arguably. He didn't have my vote. I'll give you that, I guess. There were people who voted for him, so that's why I say it that way. But even even so, say they're both the runners up. I I mean, for uh, top three guys at at two different positions to be traded within the same six week span, which is what it most likely have to be. I find that really intriguing for a year that has been really intriguing and cumbersome the whole way around. And neither of them are on the Texans. That's that. That's interesting too. Well, and and honestly, that's a whole another situation that you have to figure out, and you got to wonder if that gets taken care of before training camp because the Texans just signed another QB, so now they have four on their roster other than Deshaun Watson. I got nothing. Uh, I I will be sitting and waiting until we know when he walks out of the field, then I'll know what's going on. I don't know what the Texans do, so hey, you might as well keep right. signing guys, right? Well, they got to have somebody there. That's all that yeah. you can really say at this point because uh, none of their guys are anywhere close to Watson, and obviously that's going to be the case for 95% of the teams in the NFL right now. So uh, I get that, but you know you have to wonder what they're going to do and what they think they're going to be able to do because right now yeah. we just it's don't gonna know. It's going to be interesting. Too many unknowns. I would have thought it was yeah, I would have And clearly it's going to go down to the wire, and it's going to be interesting no matter which way it goes, but how many times does it change? Do we we start to hear breaks of silence and things like that, and then you get going one direction, and then who knows? Um, well, and if you would have told me that Aaron Rodgers would still be in Green Bay after 
everything dropped around the draft, I would have told you you'd be crazy. But here it is three weeks later. Evidently, Jerry Krause likes his guy now. I, I got nothing. I don't know what you do with that. It, I still feel like it's coming to a head. And, I, and I'm kind of thankful for it because there'll be NFL news in July before camp opens. So, hey, good for them. Well, and I did think it was rather interesting that uh, Ron Wolf, former GM of Green Bay, called uh, Rogers a diva. Not that I think that matters in any way, shape, or form to the current situation, but it's interesting to see what those ex-GMs think of people. Well, there's context around everything. Yep. The Chiefs have it at what they're doing right now in their Phase 2. Uh, general Workouts Phase 3 starts on the field on Monday. We hope that you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. We'll be back with you for next week as they hit the field. Thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.